Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Happy Tuesday, Kirst. Good Tuesday to you, Amy. How are you? I'm good, but we have to happy another guest today. Happy Tuesday, Simon. Happy Hello, Tuesday. <laughs> My gosh, you are like the hero of the Art of Decluttering podcast. It's like the Wizard of Oz. So hopefully now that we're lowering the curtain, you still get to remain as famous as you have always been on our podcast. It's a precarious situation, right? Because you have this reputation and suddenly you're like, oh no, I'm going to destroy it. <laughs> oh, I love it. He did ask if we wanted to actually, you know, remove the enigma or mm. not. When I when I posed the question to him yesterday whether or not he would join us, he's like, really? Do you really want the mysterious to be revealed? <laughs> we really be- do. I thought it'd be funny to continue the story and have people think that Kirsty's not even really married, that the guy in all the photos <laughs> is just someone she got from Shutterstock and pasted in everywhere. Because <laughs> I think you're the only person out of our families that hasn't yet been on the podcast. I know, and I'm not even offended. <laughs> <laughs> well, the people are. People are outside with placards. We want Simon. We want oh. Simon. I'm sorry to have let everyone down. Well, hello, everyone. It's it's great to be here. And I hope that I live up to the expectation. We are so sure that you will. Kessie's got the giggles, which is nothing new. She hasn't, she hasn't snorted yet, so we're okay. Oh, I'm the snorter in, the, in our podcast relationship. I snort way too often. <laughs> Simon, I'm going to ask some questions that I don't know the answers to just to get us started. Tell us about your family of origin, um, where you were born, maybe like what, what Simon of high school days was like. Ooh, good question, Amy. So I was born in Melbourne and uh, I grew up with two brothers who are both younger than me, so I'm an oldest, uh, which is probably not a surprise to some people who are. know me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we grew up in uh, a very close family, uh, it was a very nuclear family. Uh, I didn't have a lot of extended family. I didn't have a lot of aunts and uncles. So my mum has one sister. My dad has one brother. Uh, my dad's brother didn't have kids till really late in life. So I didn't have a lot of cousins from my dad's side. And my mum's side of the family didn't have a lot of kids either. So we grew up quite tight. Uh, we grew up in typical suburban family home in Gladstone Park in Melbourne, if you know where that suburb is, 
and I always tease him that it's like the castle. <laughs> it is a little bit from the airport. <laughs> well, it was Just... fantastic. It was fantastic when I started traveling for work because dad would pick me up and drop me off at the airport in 10 minutes. It was fantastic. Um, <laughs> Did you go to Gladstone Park Primary School, Simon? I went to Gladstone Views and then I went to Gladstone Park Secondary College. So um, I went, uh, which used to be Gladstone Park High School. Um, at high school, I was, I would say, in the middle tier. Like I wasn't one of the cool kids oh, and I wasn't one of the kids that got picked on all the time um i was very much a math science student Uh, i studied physics chemistry all the different maths um loved i was very analytical and i ended up going to study was well i still am (laughs) i think i don't know i'll let others be the judge of who and what i am now um I think it's definitely my uh, side note. I think my analytics has been balanced by being around Kirsty with a greater humanity side, um, which I'm really grateful for. Uh, anyway, back to the question at hand. Um, we we didn't grow up with a lot. We weren't poor, or we and we didn't go without. But I think, and I think this is relevant to the conversation at hand, because it formed how I think about stuff and how I look after stuff and why that's important to me. So we had to take care of what we had and we didn't always have the best brands and we had to repair and improvise at times. And, but it was fun, right? I learned a lot of skills that I apply now in as an adult that I'm trying to teach my kids, which is a bit hard in this day and age. And yeah, that was the early stages of my life. I don't know, is there anything you want me to add? No, that's awesome. I was so. What are your? What was your first treasured possession, my love? It would have been my Lego. Would have been my first treasured possession as a kid. Uh, that was probably one of my uh, few toys that I played with almost obsessively. Some people would say, um, and I built a big collection of that, and it just brought me a lot of joy. Is that Lego in the background of the image I can see of you via Zoom? On your shelves? Yes. yes. So I have remained a little bit of a Lego fan. I have a bunch of Lego. For those on the call, I've got a bunch of Lego architecture models behind. The interesting thing about it is when I'm on Zoom calls for work, uh, people look at my study and they're like, I can't believe you have kids in the house. If that was my house, my kids would destroy all of that. <laughs> and so our kids are known to be very responsible within my cohort at work. That's awesome. Kirsty paints them perhaps in a different light occasionally. <laughs> it's the mum versus dad thing, right? Primary carer, <laughs> secondary carer. Kirsty has put um, a message on our, in our Facebook community and we have some really good questions that people have for you. Mm-hmm. But Kirsty, I want to give you the opportunity first. What question have you wanted to ask Simon publicly that you haven't? Oh, you could have warned me. I, I don't warn you about anything. Really, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I could have come up with a really, really juicy one. Um, but it's very, you know, unlike you, Amy, I have to close, you know, I have to close this Zoom meeting and continue living with <laughs> You don't. <laughs> Is there a question you have that you think would be helpful? Like a question you want to ask Simon that you think other people will find the answer insightful? Yeah, I think um, it's more, again, going back to the reasoning, careful 
of your things. Um, do you think that that was uh, spoken about and taught in your house or was it just implied or, you know, how did it perspective on respect and care for stuff? So there's two parts to what you're asking me there, which is why do I enjoy being organised and where does that come from? And I think there's part of the answer which you've already led into, which is the respect of possessions piece. And I sort of touched on that a little bit earlier where we didn't have a lot and we didn't have the best brands and we couldn't afford to just replace stuff if it broke. So I think in that is almost the answer to that respect piece, right, which was we were taught to look after the things we had, that the things we had were, we were fortunate to have them. And so that part was taught. But if I sort of pan back from that, like almost all aspects of people, and I don't think I'm unique in this way, the way we turn out is part nature and part nurture. And so, and, and, and great evidence of this in the context of how I ended up organized or liking to organize things or however you want to describe that without necessarily putting a label on it. If you compare me and one of my brothers, I'm much more methodical. Um, I look after things a little better. Um, I like ordered spaces more than him, but we both grew up in the same home, right? So there's an element of something comes from inside you with the way you like things and I knew this question was going to come up and I knew either you would ask it or one of your listeners would ask it and so I thought about this a little bit overnight you gave me a bit of a head start on it so thank you honey um I will cook dinner tonight for you again um I <laughs> <laughs> love it um so I thought a little bit about the way my mind works and it's something that I try to be very self-reflective, you know, on an ongoing basis, because the more I learn about myself, the more I think I can be a better person. And two of the things that I know is one, um, I'm a very tactile and I'm a very visual person. And so I enjoy, like, if there's a lot of visual clutter around, um, it makes it hard for me to focus. It makes it hard for me to relax and it makes it hard for me to think. So a lot of the ordering comes from the idea that if I want to be the best version of me and think well and be structured in what I'm doing and serve others as best I can in the house, then by having a low visual clutter, um, not too much stuff around really puts my mind at ease. And so that's what I try to do. So that's an example of where the, it was just that's the way my mind is wired I you know and it is what it is and I work with it as best I can who do you take after your mum or your dad more um so both my parents were pretty organized like you know um I grew up in the generation where mum still did the most of inside the house and dad still did the most of outside of the house there was definitely a crossover um but like dad had a super organized garage and mum had a super organized kitchen, pantry, laundry, linen cupboard. You know, if you look at our linen cupboard, honey, and the way we've made it work for us, it definitely reflects my mum's linen cupboard. <laughs> so um, I, I think I'm a mix. Um, but my parents were also a lot similar to each other than say we are. 
you know, you and I are very different in many ways and we've figured out how to make our marriage work with two very different people. And I like that. I, I wanted someone different to me. Um, and I think I'm a better person for being married to someone different to me, but my parents were very similar. So when you say to me, who are you more like, I think it's just a bit of both in this case. Who am I more like your mum or your dad? Uh, my mum. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Simon, um, we've had a few listeners want to know, cause Kirsty paints a picture of mm-hmm. you guys in your early twenties and you were just starting to date and her room was a hot mess and you'd come over and tidy things up. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, that's so funny. I look back on that now and I almost think, gosh, what a bit of a jerk. Uh, well, let's say that word on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, there's been a lot of maturing that I've done over the last 15 years in me to be more accepting of people and spaces the way I find them. But at that point in time, I really just couldn't relax in that (laughs) clutter in someone else's space. Um, And the funny thing was like, I just saw how many clothes she had and it was sort of like this horizontal filing system across the cup and I'm like how do you find stuff and where are we gonna sit and so yeah I don't know it was I'd like to think if I had my time again I'd play the cards differently there um but for whatever reason it happened and we got through it and here we are Sounds like you not only got through it, Simon, but you rubbed off significantly on Kirst. So a few of our listeners, let me just go through. So um, Belinda wants to know, can you do a workshop for husbands? And that question really is is, uh, reflected again by Vicky, who says, how do I motivate my fiancé to keep his desk free of clutter? Simone wants to know, how did you get together with Kirst when she was so organised? How did that happen? Did you just have to overlook the disorganisation? Give me hope. (laughs) So lots of people wanting to know, like, how do you get your partner on board? So another question. um, Chelsea says, how did you get your partner on board with organising? Jennifer, how do you, Simon, feel about Kirsty making a career out of something that comes so naturally to you? So lots of the questions are, Simon, we identify with you Mm. and we can identify the old cursed in our family relationship. Mm -hmm. How Mm -hmm. do you feel like you're obviously Kirsty's, what's the word you always use, Kirst? Your mahugu? What's the word? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The guy from Karate Kid. Sorry, now I've given you the Miyagi. wrong one. Miyagi. Miyagi. And she's grasshopper. <laughs> yes. So that's how she describes it. So I think a lot of people are like, how do I take my grasshopper and help them become more organised? I think there's the way I did it 10 years ago and there's the way I think about it now. And I think the way I look at it now is a healthier way to look at it. And it, for me, I think about the why first and I think about 
why is it important to me and why should this be important to them? And so if I'm trying to convince Kirsty that, I don't know, I'll pick a contentious topic, that there's an element of her study that I find problematic um, <laughs> and it's her space. Like, I think that's a good example, right? It's her space and, and we've, de we've declared that. Yeah. Um, how can I convince her that like when I walk in there and there's three bags and uh, three handbags and four bags of donations and whatever sitting in there um, that at the front of the house, I find that annoying to walk past and see that clutter. Um, and so I start with the why and ask questions like, why is that there? Why is that like that? help me understand you. Like, why do you like to leave it like that? Um, and from there comes a set of reasons which make complete sense in Kirsty's value system and her word. So I think understanding the value system of the other person is super important, right? Like there's a reason whether it's um, you know, a spouse with a cluttered study or a spouse with a cluttered desk or shed or garage or whatever it is there's a reason it is like that for them and so letting them get that out first is super important right like that's the basis of not feeling like you're just walking in telling you know your loved one and the most important person in your life what to do i think the second piece is being very open with them about how that's making you feel um so i'll say like i say to kirsty like i just walk past that and it doesn't like, I feel like the house is a mess and we're not respecting the house. And this is where people, when they rarely come over, as Kirsty will often point out to me, <laughs> see first thing, because we, we never have anyone over because in Kirsty's mind, we have zero friends. Um, <laughs> we have been talking a bit about that in ISO, my, my love. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I bring out like what's important to me and then we figure out, well, how can her needs be met and how can my needs be met? And from there, we work towards a solution. Um, and one of the things I think is super important is just focusing on what's important and how you can find a solution to each other's most important needs. And then there needs to be a bit of, I think when you love someone, you put their needs above yours to the best you can. And if both, both people do that, then the solving of the problem works itself out. Whereas if each person digs your heels in, digs their heels in, walk away, like do not solve it at that point in time. Mm. Even like I am okay with going to sleep on anger. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like I don't, Preach it, Simon. I don't think, <laughs> you know, you have to go to bed feeling like you've just fallen in love um, every night. Like, I think if you're not doing it some nights, you you know, maybe look at that. But um, it's better to do that than to try and come to a resolution when one, where one person just feels they're ripped off and the feeling of love going to sleep that night is really just a veneer because the veneer will crack off. Oh, Simon, you are truth bombing. You know uh, that you, we're both married to peacemakers, though, and they can't handle that. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit of a peacemaker myself, though. I don't like a lot of conflict and arguing in the house. Um, mm. So, 
Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Um, probably for another day. Simone wants to know, did you get together when Kirst was still disorganised? How did that happen? What did you see that made you overlook the disorganisation? Yeah, so we did. And but clearly it was my natural beauty that made you look away from all the disorganisation. Hey, my love. Correction, sweetie. It was your inner beauty that made me. <laughs> Back so, to the answer. A and B. <laughs> um, so, obvi- you know, obviously I found Kirsty attractive um, when I first met her. And I, I would have to say I didn't even pay attention to the clutter and thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't marry this girl, so therefore I'm not even going to spend time with her. I could never imagine living with her. Like, I didn't even think about that. I just enjoyed being around her and she made me happy and I loved her bubbliness and I'd never met anyone that was that interested in me that was that bubbly and it was just so energising and... I just didn't see it. And I think that anyone who is feeling like they need to get someone to look past the clutter that they have or the way they have things organized as a way of forming, you know, the basis of potentially a lifelong relationship, like that person isn't good enough for you. Like they need to see you for who you are and the rest of it will sort itself out because if you truly find someone that you love things like how you organize a house and um, how you organize a garage and whether you wash the car once a week or not, and whether you let your kids eat in the car and all of these things, you will figure out a solution to, but if you don't intrinsically find someone that you just love who they are and they love who you are, then I think maybe that's not the right person. And that's my, the extent of my relationship miyaginess. <laughs> Pretty good do, relationship miyaginess. <clears throat> I do have to clarify though, that in our story um, of how we got together and the journey that we've been on in the last 15 years, both you and I have changed a whole lot in 18 yeah. years. Um, yeah. So uh, it's funny, um, it's interesting that people are hearing our story and it's, um, it, it's hard to explain in detail just how much and in all the many, many ways that you and I have both grown and changed over mm. the last 18 years. Like you, there's things that I would do differently if I could go back in time and things that you would do differently mm if we if we knew today who we are and we could go back in time and do things differently mm. so um i think that in our story there's there has to and hopefully in everybody's story there's a lot of grace for who we used to be and absolutely that's okay. uh that's a really good point honey and i think as i answer the questions it's really hard to separate like what happened and how we managed to get through it all to where we are today Uh, And I think you're right. There was a lot of grace and there was a lot of forgiveness. And 
like the way I would describe how I would do it today is very different because of all of that. Mm. And I wouldn't advise necessarily to do it the way I did it back then. <laughs> right. And uh, it's, and I think like, where did the grace and forgiveness come from was because we saw something in each other that we were like, it's worth me giving that person grace. It's worth me bearing with that person, giving them forgiveness, whatever it takes. Um, yeah. Here's how I'm picturing it as you guys speak. And I'm having, I've got this massive smile on my face and you can't see it, but I'm picturing like this Kirsty size magnet and a Simon magnet. And the closer the magnets get, the more the, the magnet is attracting them to each mm-hmm. other. And so over the past 18 years, there's this drawing together. And I think as you've both drawn together, there's a refining in that, that I'm just loving hearing because both of you are saying, we're not who we were, but we're not who we were because of who the other person allows me to be. And the way that they draw the best out of me. Like, it's just like, if you guys want marriage advice, this is the podcast to listen to today because <laughs> this is just so lovely to hear the development of that. And it's, it's interesting. Thank you, Amy. It's really kind of, I, I love that metaphor. I think it's a great one. I'm going to steal it and use it um, shamelessly. And I may or may not give, what's the word? Um, credit. Credit or acknowledgement. Um I think the interesting thing in all of this, Amy, is if you had your time all over again, would Kirstie or I do anything different? And on one hand, I feel like there's no regrets on my side. I won't speak for Kirstie's side, like in terms of, oh, I did that at that point in time and I really regret it. On the flip side, you know, I'm sure you can relate to this, Amy, you never want to hurt the person you love. And so I would definitely go back and erase mm. all the bits that hurt. But then I look at it. I also look at it and go, if you never know hurt, you never know true, like true happiness and true love. So it's a tough one, right? Yeah. And there's often hurt on the pathway to redemption, um, which is ultimately yeah. where we want to be. Mm. I'm going to hit you with another question that I think is sure. a really interesting one. It's from Jennifer. And Mm -hmm. she says, I think I mentioned it before, but I think it's worth asking independently. Simon, Mm. how do you feel about Kirsty making a career out of something that comes so naturally to you? I have never, ever looked at it that way. (laughs) I was surprised that she wanted to have a business um, that became what it is today. But for Kirsty, it started in a very different way. It didn't start with a focus on decluttering. It started with a focus on giving people freedom. And the decluttering was the problem she was going to solve that would help bring about that freedom or part of the problem she was going to help solve. So it I I haven't stayed super close to everything you guys have been doing with podcasts and messaging and things like that, but it started very much in minimalism. So freeing yourself of possessions to focus on the things that matter to focus, to focus on time and relationships and all of those things. And none of that was a surprise. Oh, that's awesome. Because that comes out of who I think you're right. The messaging, we don't spend much time on that either, Simon, because it's just about us being who we are 
And just like you two are magnets over 18 years, we two are magnets that are learning more about each other and um, just aligning more and more. It's, it's been awesome watching you guys draw together and grow. And I know it hasn't always been super smooth sailing. Um, and, but you guys persevere with one another. And it's, it's similar, right? Because you value each other as people and human beings and you value the partnership and you know you're better together in a work context. Yeah. And so you figure out how you deal with like points of disagreement, whatever that looks like. And I know Amy, maybe you're a little more like me and <laughs> And Kirsty and I have often talked about the way her spending time with me helps her at work and her spending time with you helps her at home. And that's a blessing. Yeah. Cal says the same thing. He's like, you, you know, the way that we relate is so different because of my relationship with Kirst and I understand him through the Kirst lens sometimes. And that, you know, I think both marriages have the benefit of us being in relationship in work with the other person a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Do you agree Kirst? I'm just sitting here crying like <laughs> no yeah I know it's a surprise to everybody I'm sure <laughs> she's gonna have a headache for the rest of today folks and it'll yes. be my fault <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if AI could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Kirst, do you want to ask any of the questions from our listeners or do you want me to keep going? Uh, you... No, I'll, I'll pull myself together and yeah. I'll ask a question. Um, I, because I'm selfish and self-centered, I'm going to go more onto the personal stuff rather than the decluttering for now. Um, I really loved this question from Simone again. Um, what did you do that will work to encourage and build up and affirm Kirsty as she made the changes? I think the main thing 
I did was give her the time and space to figure this out. And by that, I mean, just dealing with a bunch of practical stuff that gave her time to build the business, to work through whatever challenges um, Kirsty had in terms of, do I, do I like being organized or do I not? And what does minimalism look to me, like to me and whatever. And those practical things ranged from, so I have had a full-time job and I didn't care how much money Kirsty made, just go do this and make it a success. Just focus um, and do it well. Um, helping with the kids, helping around the house, helping with the cooking. So apparently I get a lot of props for doing those things. And, yes, you do. Uh, I don't do it for the props. Um, I do it so that um, it, it's just how we make our family work. And so I think that's that's where it came from. It was a very practical thing. I'm so... I'm not great with words of affirmation. That's Kirsty's strength. She's amazing at it. She'll always come and say stuff to me. And I'll be like, how did you come up with that? Like, <laughs> I feel like when I say things, it's just like, awesome job, honey. Well done. Um, you're doing so good today. And you're like, and I'll cook you dinner as my way of showing you the love that yeah. I have for you. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, there was a bunch of coaching behind the scenes or whatever. Um, I think the only other thing I'd say is, um, you know, I try to, this is going to come out wrong, but I'll say it anyway and I'll clarify it and I'll ask for grace with the words. I, I always try to lead by example or be by example might be a better example. Yeah. Better way of putting it be by example. Right. So I try like, it's not like I make a mess and then say, I want an organized house. Kirsty, make it organized. Right. I, like my space organized and I take complete responsibility for the organization that I, that I want. Um, and so I just try to model that. And then if Kirsty likes it and wants to do it, then um, she can do it. And if not, that's okay. I'll carry, I'll carry that. And it doesn't bother me and I don't resent it. And there's no scorecard and whatever. Like I did all of that. So you're going to do this maybe with one exception and that's the ironing. I will not iron. I hate it. Um, Kirsty got too busy with the business uh, about a year ago. Um, it was just in an odd space. And so she was like, I don't have time for ironing. I'm like, that's fine. We'll just pay someone to do that. Um, so maybe that's another example too, actually. It was just a really practical solution, right? Like I'm okay with, and I know I've heard Kirsty talk about this, like paying for things to get done mm. to free us up to have the time to do the things that matter. Yep. And that's why we have cleaners and those type of things. And that's why I will never wash my own car, Simon. I would much prefer to pay someone else to do that. Amy, Amy. I'm missing out on the joy, am I? Yes. If only you <laughs> lived in Melbourne, Simon. <laughs> I think one of the things that um, I wanted to um, point out about Simon is that his, one of his core, core values is freedom. And that may surprise people, maybe, because of the way that I may or may not have spoken about him 
um, <laughs> through the podcast. <laughs> um, Can I just interject, honey? Yes. Okay. So um, I told a front bunch of friends at work about your podcast and some of them worked for me. And when I left that job, they were like, great, now I can listen to Kirsty's podcast because I don't work for you anymore. <laughs> Why did they not want to listen to it? Because they thought that they, were, they would learn too much about you. Yes, it was a little too close. Okay, awesome. Mm. Well, thank you for listening now, ex-workplace people. <laughs> mm. um, free, you're right, freedom is super close to me. Why? Yes. And so you, and you, I think that through our marriage, I don't think that when we first got married, you identified that as one of your values. Um, and that has been a strong theme in our marriage um, of you identifying that and then practicing that and living that out. And it is, um, has some really funny workings out, um, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, and so that's been really interesting, um, to me to watch that, um, really strong value of freedom play out in its various ways. Um, you do definitely lead, um, by example in our family and, you know, that's something that we talk about all the time and we recommend to people, you know, and one of the great things that you I think will come out of this podcast this interview with you is that leading by example um, because we do talk about that quite often um, when people ask us how do I get my husband on board we often nearly always in fact always say just lead by example like mm -hmm. do your own work work on the things that you need to work on deal with your stuff and your clutter and then see if your husband follows and um I think, and that has been our story, Simon, like in that you, um, you clearly told me that you didn't like things, but you also gave freedom for me to follow you in that. And I watched the grace that you had um, and, the, and the freedom that it brought you to be free of stuff and be organized, the freedom that it gave you in time and capacity. Um, in, that's what inspired me to follow in your footsteps is because I wanted that freedom as well. Thank you, honey. That's so sweet. <laughs> See how bad I am at words of affirmation, folks? Like, <laughs> it's a um, thing that you can put on the back of your toilet door, Simon, that's 100 words of affirmation for children and you could just use that for curse. Just learn it right and then just rotate through them. But then it would I be need... something on the back of our toilet door and then nothing goes on the back of the toilet door. That's true. That wouldn't be minimalist enough. That is clutter. That is where I free my mind. Um, <laughs> so, um, but there's something, uh, there's a couple of things that, as you were talking there, honey, that came to mind and I'm not organized in everything. Um, but there's this interesting intersection between organization and freedom and time for me. And I don't necessarily like to have my time on the weekend, super organized. So whereas you do, right? Like organizing your time comes super natural to you. Like you want to know what activities are happening when we're doing them, when we're not. And for you, that's part of your freedom too, because you'll come to me and say, Hey, what do you want to do this weekend? And I'll be like, I don't know, whatever I want to do when I make it up. 
but hmm. you'll be like, I want to know so that I can give you that freedom. But I also want to be free to know that I have these windows of time to do whatever I want. Um, and so I think for me, that's a real area of like paradox in, in my, like in the way I live. Yes. And that was what I was hinting, alluding to about your, um, how interesting freedom looks like on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so listeners, friends, whatever Amy and call, Kirsty call you, cause this is my first podcast ever, full disclosure. Uh, You're doing think, great, Sam. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, good words of affirmation. I was going to say that's, that's uh, all I got. <laughs> I've got a question from one of our um, male listeners who also was a guest on our podcast, James Garth. Mm-hmm. His question, and feel free if that thought you had comes back to you, feel free to interrupt because this is written down. I can come back to it. Yeah. He wants to know what is your single top organizing tip, the one piece of advice that you would give above all else? Oh, this is no super, pressure. Yeah, it's super hard. I think it would be figure out why you need whatever it is that you have around you. So the purpose of the things. Um, so oh, now I remember it is what it is you, I was going to say, and it relates to this answer funnily enough. So when I was a kid growing up, I had a friend and his dad had an amazing hi-fi system and I love music. I love all sorts of music. I love listening to music. I will listen to music all the time. In fact, we watched yesterday, two nights ago, and Kirsty went to have a shower after we finished watching the movie. And I went and grabbed my headphones and just started listening to the Beatles. Like I just couldn't help it. I just wanted to listen to the music more. Anyway, because I grew up without a lot of money and we didn't have amazing hi-fi in our house, when I got my job, I went and bought like this amazing hi-fi system. And I put it in the lounge room and we carried it through several moves as we were newly married. And I don't think Kirsty actually liked it that much. These big cherry wood speakers and massive amp and things like that. And one day I realized that I didn't use it and I didn't have a purpose for it. And so it was like, well, this thing's taking up space. I'm feeling bad because I never use it. Um, I'm actually just going to let it go. I'm going to push it out of the house. And yes, it's thousands of dollars, but I sold it to a guy who really wanted those speakers. So I felt good about that. Um, But it comes back to like the question that James asked, like, what is the purpose of the stuff? Like, why do you need it? And I know that's something Kirstie does a lot with her clients. I'm sure you do the same. And I'm sure you talk about that a lot here. I feel like that's a more abstract thing. If someone's just getting started and um, wants a, like my most practical tip, I would say that I'm trying to like pick through all the things that I think about and go, what is like the super important one? There's definitely less is more. Like mm. we just have way too much stuff. You do not need um 15 whiteboard markers like you probably use two most of the time so i think that's one and then the second one that can really help you figure out like what you need and what you don't need and kirsty actually introduced this to me as a theory which is like if you haven't used it in six months just get rid of it like seriously there's a reason you haven't used it in six months 
Um, or if you're going to keep it and you haven't used it in six months, like make sure you have a really good reason. So for example, I have probably about 10 power tools um, and they're all basic power tools. I don't have esoteric power tools like a mortise joiner or mm. something that you would use once in a blue moon when you're going to take up cabinet making, but I have a couple of drills, I have a circular saw, I have a jigsaw and so on it goes. Um, I don't necessarily use those every six months, but when I need to do something, they are the fundamental tools I need to do something around the house. So I have them. Um, so that'd have been a couple of practical tips with an example of what it means in my life. Simon, can I ask you a question? Do you hmm. own an iron? We have one. Yes. Okay. Um, I just felt like that was the same kind of category as the power tools that you wouldn't use very often, but when you need it, there's nothing that can substitute. Yes. Yes. When I need it, there's <laughs> words of affirmation and hugs and then um, a raising of the eyebrows and Kirsty will do the ironing. She's a good <laughs> wife. If, if the cops came and dusted down the house, my fingerprints would not be on the iron. Neither would mine. I've never ironed since we got married. <laughs> 18 years, never touched that iron. Wow. In fact, I my children spotted Cal. Oh, sorry, Kirst. There you go. Gonna, the kids spotted Cal ironing a couple of years ago and asked him what he was doing. They'd never seen either of us iron. And they're like, what is that? Is that a flattener? Like, no, that's an iron. Sorry, kids, we've given you a deprived childhood. <laughs> wow. Um, one question I wanted to ask you, Simon, is the um, as quickly as possible, because Amy is running out of time. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what, what was your journey into minimalism? Like, how did we go on that journey? And how did you, because you, like, it lit a spark in you. So. Um, I think minimalism tapped into freedom for me. Mm. Um, so I never really thought I was that much of a slave to my stuff. Um, but I think I was a slave to the expectation of doing something with that stuff. So owning things for me has always brought responsibility with it, whether it's a bike or power tools or speakers or books or whatever. Um, and it, in my mind, brings upon this expectation to do something with them. And so for me, the key thing was I didn't want that expectation of how I would spend my time beaming at me from my stuff. And so I was like, to have freedom to do what I want with my time, I'm going to get rid of the things that just burden me that way. Beautiful answer. Thank you. I'm going to have a scroll through our client questions. Unless Kirsten, you've got any there? While, while you guys are doing that, I just want to come back to um, whoever it was that said, how do I get my husband to declutter? Because I talked about it in various ways, various abstract ideas, feelings, emotions, motivations, all of that kind of stuff. The one thing I'd say is, honestly, from trying to get people to do stuff my whole life, whether it's my wife or at work or whatever, um, you can't make anyone do anything, not for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say if that's how you're thinking about it, um, reframe it. Um, find a way to reframe it. 
And if you want to leave that bit in or cut it out, you can do it. That's excellent. No, because the reframe really helps. Yeah. And, I, and whoever asked that question, I hope you don't feel like I've just criticized you because that's not at all why I just, I've been down that path and it doesn't work. It hurts people. It frustrates you. It hurts you. Um, and it's not the healthiest way to look at it. And I'm sure, and like I said, I've done it guilty as charged, learned from my mistakes and finding better ways to do things. Speaking of which, um, I have been very, very significantly um, changed your parenting over the last 11 years, almost 11 years. How do you motivate our children to be organised and and to declutter regularly? Okay. So I'm going to make this super simple. There are certain things which is just as a parent, I put as boundaries, like these are the not negotiables. This is the box and the values our family operates in. And you are a member of the family and this is how we're going to work. Um, and they're things that you and I decide, right? They're not just what I come up with. Um, the second thing is um, to kind of my earlier answer, I find a way that motivates them. And it can be like, please go tidy up your room and we will spend time together doing the thing you love or I will get you a reward or whatever. Um, what else? I try to educate them on some of the basic principles that I'm sure you guys talked about and we've even touched on today. Like, why do you have that? Do you need that? You haven't used that in six months. You need to make space for the things that are coming for your the next phase of life type discussion. Like, um, classic example, right? Like we want to at some point in time in the very near future do something with the kids play space. And at the moment it's full of Emily's sort of six to 10 year old toys. And for it to become like a tween or teen room, we're going to have to get rid of some of that. And she's going to need to understand that. So that's a conversation I have with her. So I think having conversations with them is super important. Like set the boundaries, but then don't just I try not to tell them what to do constantly, but involve them in the process, have a conversation, but make it very clear what the outcome is. Simon, if you ever want to move out of um, corporate management, we have a position available for you tomorrow as a professional organiser. <laughs> <laughs> you can be a professional organiser and our marketing manager. Yep, done. So <laughs> strategic planner. Thank yep, you. Done. <laughs> It's so uh, a very humbling offer, ladies. <laughs> I have a question that I'd like to know. So mm. what do you see as the benefits of having an organised and decluttered home? What does that look like for your family? I think it's calming. Um, whether it's by nature or nurture or a combination of both, our kids get overstimulated by a lot of stuff around, a lot of stuff out, a lot of stuff left lying all over the place. Um, so it's calming for them. It's calming for me. Um, and when the three of us are calm, I think it brings peace to Kirsty and we're free to do the things that matter most to her. So Kirsty's big thing is us spending time together as a family, whether that's playing a game, going out, whatever that looks like. And to do that as a family, I think it works best when everyone's 
able to be the best version of themselves. And for me and the kids, being in a calm, relaxed state of mind makes that happen the best. So I think all around, it just helps us relate better. That's brilliant. Thank you. Okay. Some people wanted some really practical tips. So Mm. let's give them them. How do you organize your garage? So my garage is organized by function. So there's a space for the cars where they park because they need to park inside. Uh, There's a space where all the bikes hang out, which is close to the door. So we can get them in and out easy. There's a space for my tools. Um, I have the tools that I use the most readily accessible. And then the stuff that I don't use that often is actually on a set of shelves beside the car. And I generally have to move the car to get to that stuff, but the garage is only so big. So um, by function is a big thing. Um, For me, it's a three dimensional space, right? So there's stuff hanging up from the roof. There's stuff hanging on the walls and there's shelves on the floor. What I try to avoid at all costs in the garage and anywhere is using the floor as a storage system um, because it's just a waste of space. So how is that? Is that any different from the shed? Because somebody else asked you, how do you organise your shed? I think same principles. Um, And as you know, we put another set of shelves in there the other day because we have so much sports gear, it needed to go somewhere and I have all my garden stuff as well. So yes, again, I think the sheds by function, I'm a little lax on the rule with things on the floor in the shed, um, just because I can be, I don't really need all the space that's in there. So for example, all the garden tools rest on the floor in a corner. If we needed more space, I could hang them on the wall in the shed. I just haven't yet because we don't need that space and it works. Okay, you are an, an absolute machine when it comes to moving home. What is, mm-hmm. Give us five top tips for moving homes. Um, have a plan. So build a project plan with everything you need to do and put a timeline around that um, so that you're thinking about everything from um, the packing to changing addresses to managing Um, switch over of utilities, all of that stuff, like write a massive list of all the things that have to be done. And it might seem overwhelming at the start, but then you go into it knowing everything you're going to achieve. So you don't get overwhelmed and you don't have a oh no moment. Um, The second one would be um, start by just start months in advance, just getting rid of the stuff you don't want to take to your new house. So that would be tip number two. Um, tip number three would be phase the packing over time. So start packing a month in advance, the great crystal ware that grandma gave you, you don't really use it, but you don't want to get rid of it. And that's fine because it means something, or maybe you use it, um, to cut the birthday cake, um, because it's granddad's, uh, cake cutter, um, whatever, pack that stuff away early. Um, believe it or not. I actually do get some help um, around that time. So um, enlist a couple of friends who you trust to help you move. Um, And then the fifth tip is just get the unboxing done. Don't let it drag on. So um, generally um, our moves, I would say when, when it was just you and I, honey, I think we were unboxed within a day or two. 
completely. Oh, every time a day within 24 hours, we normally yeah. were unpacked that whole, that night. I feel like when we moved to this house, because it was a brand new house and we had the kids and there was just a lot more outdoor stuff. It took kind of four to five days to get that organized. Um, you know, the garage and things like that, but just get it done. So there's my five top tips. Thank you. This is so good, Simon. I feel like we could maybe have like an annual podcast with Simon and we can just get people to put in their questions where they're like, yeah, look, Kirsty and Amy are good, but we want the Simon answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the first time ever that Amy hasn't been like, she's just like, I want more. I want more. I want more. Usually she's like, okay, wind it up now, people wind it up. But she's just like lapping in everything well, you're you saying, always- but- you know, you can always split this into two daily podcasts. <laughs> like, you know. Oh, now we're taking over. Radio. Now we know where to. <laughs> you gave him permission to. You yeah. totally did. I, it's, it, it, it's called, um, you know, marketing. Amy, I can help you with it. <laughs> no, it's been like, it. it's been a lot of fun. And I um, really, I don't really think much of what I do or what I know and whatever it is, I'm happy to share it. And I definitely don't share it looking for recognition or praise or whatever. It's like, if I know something, I'm happy to put it out there. Or if I've tried something, I'm happy to put it out there. And if it's helpful to you, use it. If it's not, don't like you're you. Um, do you need to acquire like side note um, on this, like Kirsty talked about one of my values being freedom. Uh, one of my other ones is like lifelong learning. Um, so, you know, take what you can learn from other people and decide what matters and, you know, use it. So good. Simon, thank you so much for being our guest and our, what was it? Magugu? No, what was his name? Miyagi. Miyagi. Thank you for being our Miyagi today. We really appreciate your time. We know you're busy and we appreciate the wisdom that you've shared. Uh, absolute pleasure, Amy. Like, I'm really, it was really fun to be on it. I know you guys um, have done an amazing job of the podcast. I know people really value it and to have the opportunity to share and speak into people's lives is a real privilege. So thanks for inviting me along. It's been a blast. I love you, honey. Thank you. I love you too, sweetie. <laughs> Have a good day. See you tomorrow. <laughs> See you in a couple of seconds. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook so others can find our podcast too. Don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, artofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.